Hi, I'm Grayson Willis. Thank you for joining us today on the podcast for Harrisonburg Nazarene Church. Please subscribe for updates and new episodes to this podcast. Also, you can now search for our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Podcast. Join us each Sunday at 9 and 1030 on Facebook Live. Also, this Sunday we will be having an outdoor service at 930 a.m. We are in the midst of a series, right? It's called Old is New. Old is New. We launched into it last week, and Pastor Billy Logan did a great job leading us in, in this three-part series where we're looking at characters from the Old Testament. Characters, you may say, oh, that's old news, that's old story. It doesn't matter for today, but we're diving in deep to understand three things. The call of God, the heart of God, and the power of God for us today, believing that the word of God is alive and active. And last week, we talked about the call of God in the story of Esther. It's an important story, not just it was an important story, it is an important story. And many of the things that I've been praying and thinking about are in the shadow, in the wake of the message we heard last week about the call of God for such a time as this. And I believe, I know because you've let me know that many of us Many of us are continuing to wrestle with what does it mean for such a time as this that God has placed me exactly where he has. And many of us are prayerfully saying, Lord, I will obey. I will obey. I am available is the song we closed the service with last week. Today we're diving into what is the heart of God for his people. Not just what was the heart of God. No, what is the heart of God? And to do that, we're going to look at the character, uh, the man David, one man. One character, many stories throughout the Old Testament, but we're going to look and understand the life of David. In order to do that, we will understand what it is, the heart of God for us. There's much that we know about David. If you study, and we don't have time today to get into all the stories, maybe you're not that familiar with church. Maybe you used to go to church back in the day, but maybe you've heard some stories about David and Goliath. David was a giant killer. We know that David, was no, there was nothing too astounding about him physically. At least we know he was overlooked when it came time to look for a king. David was out in the field. He wasn't even invited to the party. He was overlooked. We know that David was a great king of Israel, a compassionate leader, a victorious soldier. We know, though, David wasn't perfect, right? That he committed sin, disobedience, adultery, and even murder, But yet in the midst of that, in the midst of that, these words were written about David in 1 Samuel 16, 14. That David is a man after God's own heart. Think about that description. Think about at the end of your life what you want said about you. And I'm just here to say that's a pretty good description, isn't it? A man after God's own heart. Even David wasn't perfect. Even David, he maybe didn't look the part, but God used him in incredible ways, even in spite of his weakness. And it was said of him, this is a man after God's own heart. What is it about David that caused the Lord to view him that way? I think there could be a lot of things, but today I want to focus on one. I believe David was a worshiper. (laughs) I believe David was a worshiper. I believe to understand the heart of God, to understand David, a man after God's own heart, we have to understand what it is to be a worshiper. And David was 
a worshiper. Don't take my word for it. Open up. If you've got your physical Bible with you and you open to the exact middle of your Bible, you'll probably find the biggest book of the Bible. It's called Psalms. You know, and there may be several people that contributed, but we historically know one thing about the Psalms is that David wrote many of the Psalms. And because of that, he may be considered one of the most important worship leaders that ever existed because we're still reading his worship. We're still singing songs that contain his words, God's word for us through worship. He was a worshiper in his life. His life powerfully exemplifies a heart of worship, God's heart for us. We're going to be in 2 Samuel today, 2 Samuel chapter 6. If you have your copy of scripture, we're just going to look at one story, one story of the worshiper of David, a man after God's own heart to understand what is God's heart for us as worshipers, just understanding David. And if you turn to 2 Samuel 6, we're going to start in verse 12 in a minute, but I want you to understand the background of what we're about to read so that you can understand uh, the ark of the covenant. That may not be something you understand, but in the Old Testament, it represented something very important. It represented the presence of the living God. And you may hear that and say that and say, big deal. No, that was a big deal, especially in the Old Testament. See, we live in the New Testament context where we believe the presence of God is everywhere. It is with you. It can be with you right there where you're watching this right now and right here with me. I mean, that's a big deal, and we kind of take that for granted. But in the Old Testament, the Ark of the Covenant was where the physical presence of God existed, the physical manifestation of God here on the earth. And David, what we're about to read, he is leading a military contingent, and he's returning the Ark of the Covenant. It had been separated, from the, held in captivity for many years. And David is leading a contingent, the very presence of God, back to its home in Jerusalem after it had been captured in war. And let me tell you what you're about to read. David is going to worship. He's going to worship. Begin reading with me in verse 12 of 2 Samuel chapter 6. It says this. It says, now King David, now he's king at this time. King David was told, the Lord has blessed the household of Obed-Edom and everything he has because of the ark of God. That's the ark of the covenant. So David went to bring up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with rejoicing when those who were carrying the ark of the Lord had taken six steps he sacrificed a bull and a fattened calf wearing a linen ephod David was dancing before the Lord with all his might while he and all Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sounds of trumpets time out I want you to understand what is happening here it's interesting interesting that it notes what David is wearing because he is wearing a priestly garment and this is important because David is the king but he's also serving here kind of as a priest before the people a king and a priest and he begins by worshiping literally it says six steps and he stops to offer a burnt sacrifice that is an act of worship in the old testament in the old covenant but it doesn't stop there See, he begins worshiping through the obedience of a sacrifice, of a burnt offering, but then he starts to dance. Can I just tell you today, maybe you don't know this about me, I love to dance. <laughs> now, I didn't say I was good at it. Now, no one's ever told me that I'm not good, 
it's just my kids, but they say that to keep me humble, you know? Nobody's ever told me that I'm not good at dancing, but no one's ever told me that I am good at dancing. So I'm just, I think I'm somewhere in the middle, but I'm just here to tell you, I love to dance. And many a times, many an evenings in our living room, on a weekend, after a movie night ends on a Friday night and the credits are rolling and a fun song is playing, spontaneous dancing breaks out in our house because I love to dance and I love the heart of God, the heart of worship displayed here by David is not just an act of obedience of a sacrifice, but he goes a little crazy, doesn't he? He begins to dance, and not just dancing, but then there are shouts, and there are trumpets, and there's all kind of noise happening, not just chaos, no, but noise directed in the form of worship. Why? Because the presence of the living God is going back home. Let's continue to read verse 16. As the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Michal, we'll read about her more in a minute. Michal, daughter of Saul, watched from a window. And when she saw David leaping, dancing before the Lord, she despised him in her heart. We see a different posture, right? We see, see a different response, not just out of curiosity, but of actual disgust. She despised David in how he was worshiping. Verse 17, let's continue. They brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the tent that David had pitched for it. And David sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings before the Lord. After he had finished sacrificing the burnt offerings and the fellowship offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord Almighty. Then he gave a loaf of bread, a cake of dates, and a cake of raisins to each person in the whole crowd of Israelites, both men and women. And all the people went to their homes again. More worship is happening again. A priestly function, right, that David's performing here. And then comes verse 20. When David returned home to bless his household... Michal, daughter of Saul, came out to meet him. By the way, this is David's wife. This is not just a spectator. This is not just a daughter of Saul. If you read through 2 Samuel, you understand this is David's wife. So he returns home, experiencing worship. The, the radiance of the Lord surely was reflecting on his face. He returns home. And, and Michal, daughter of Saul, his wife, came out and said, How the king of Israel has distinguished himself today going around half naked in full view of the slave girls of his servant as any vulgar fellow would. Verse 21, David said to Michal, It was before the Lord who chose me rather than your father or anyone from his house when he appointed me ruler over the Lord's people Israel. I will Celebrate before the Lord. I will become even more undignified than this. I will be humiliated in my own eyes. Wow. As this story is carefully told, I, I think we need to note here, it's remarkable how David worships, isn't it? It's remarkable that he speaks. He speaks of even being willing to be humiliated in his own eyes for the sake of the Lord. You see boldness here, that the Lord chose me and I'm going to worship. You see a heart focused fully on an audience of one. But what's important about the story, you see, it's not just about how David worshipped, it's also a story about how Michal reacted to that worship. 
This is a story about both. This is about worship, showing the heart of God, but juxtaposed against a heart of humanism, a heart focused on self, a heart skeptical, critical of worship. Example of opposites, right? This is familiar to us. We see this often. The tortoise and the hare, the beauty and the beast, the Red Sox and the Yankees, right? We see opposites displayed all the time. It's how we function and how we learn and how we process. And this is not just a story to show us David dancing before the Lord. It's also a story to show us two opposite responses. One leaning into the heart of God and one very much leaning away. Uh, look, look at it again this way, and if you have your scripture, uh, look again with me. We see David representing worship, right? We see Mikhail representing non-worship. David was passionate. He worshiped with all his might. Mikhail was passive. She just watched from the window. David he, he was expressive. Worship is expressive, maybe singing, maybe dancing, maybe there's trumpets and all. No, no but, but non-worship is held back. It's just observing. Worship is God-centered. I will celebrate before the Lord. He's the audience. It's all about him, but non-worship is human-focused. Oh, look how the king of Israel embarrassed himself. Worship is concerned with the heart. It was before the Lord, David said. But non-worship is concerned with appearances, as any vulgar fellow would, she said. See, this is not about your style of worship. This is not about your mode of worship. This is about your attitude, your focus, who is your worship for. This is about the heart of God the heart of God. Today, I, I want you to know this. This is what I believe is true. I, I believe the heart of God moves me from observation to participation. Listen, this, this, I, I like this, man, because it's easy to remember, but this isn't just cute. I believe this is truth. I believe this is biblical truth for us, that the heart of God moves me from observation to participation. That's the heart of God. That is what worship, and maybe think about it this way. You may say, well, in 2020, what kind of worshiper is a David? In 2020, what kind of a worshiper is a Mikhail? I mean, we see this here, and it's so easy to look back on the story as something that just happened, but, but how do we lay this story over the grid of our context of 2020? 20, maybe think of it this way. What does dancing in the street in your underwear look like in our lives today? <laughs> That's kind of a fun visual, isn't it? Maybe it's not very fun actually at all. But what does that look like for us? Man, I think it starts with moving, moving from observation to participation. Moving from just on the outskirts, skeptical, watching to saying, I'm going to be involved. I believe that's the heart of God to move us from just observing to participating. I think of it this way. I think of people in my life who chose not to stand back in observation but join in in participation. I think of my friend Doug. And Doug stood right about down here. And it wasn't just any typical gathering. You see, this was a funeral 
not just any funeral, the funeral for his dear wife, Kathy, who lost a battle with cancer, who'd never experienced physical healing here on this earth. And as many came to gather around Doug, now a widower in in the family, and to grieve, I stood there and watched a husband at the funeral for his wife stand and worship, expressive, participating, not standing back and just observing. And look, I I understand grief, and I understand there's a time where we we might have to pull back, and that's not what this is about. I'm just telling you, I will never forget the image that day for the rest of my life. And I believe in that moment, Doug was consumed with the heart of God. He was consumed with an audience of one. He was not concerned about his emotion and his feelings and all about me, me, me. At that moment, he could just see God and his vision of God was so much bigger than anything else. And he, he worshipped that day. I think of my friend Agnes. Many of you are friends with her too. You know her. She's a part of our church. And, and Agnes prays, man. You know, like she prays. She worships too, let me tell you that. But she prays. And, and you know, I hope you have people like this in your life. That when, th- there's some people that say, well, I'm praying for you. And you're like, mm, that's cool. But, but when, when people like this, people like my friend Agnes, when they say they're praying for you, I mean, you just believe that it's like she's, she's touching the heart of God. That, that when she goes into the room and prays for me, I mean, that God's hearing her. And, and when I think of prayer like that I think man that's not just observation that's not just sitting back and throwing up random prayers no 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 that's participation that's getting on our knees that's sweating a little bit that's praying even till it hurts and I believe that's the heart of God observation doesn't stop there but it leads to participation but what about worship that extends beyond the confines of what happens on a Sunday morning? What about worship that extends beyond this formal time of gathering that we have that we call let's come together and worship? I love that, but in the book of Romans, Paul said that worship is about our everyday, ordinary lives, whatever we do, offering it to God as worship. And so what does a heart of God look like? Not just in what happens in a room, together in corporate worship, or online, together in corporate worship. What does it look like? I'm going to suggest three ways. I believe God wants to help us find his heart, the heart of God, to move us from observation to participation. And as we prepare to close this morning, I want to pray for you that you will lean in and you will allow the heart of God to consume you. Not just what you do for an hour a week. Oh, I worship. No, no, no. But you will allow the heart of God to come in and consume every part of you. I believe that the heart of God impacts serving others. Talk about moving from observation to participation. And this is not a guilt thing at all. But let me tell you, when I see people serving When I see people loving and not just loving from a distance, right? Because it's hard to love someone when I'm just observing. It's hard to stand back and observing and just say, well, I love you, I love you. No, no, no. Love does something, doesn't it? Love shows up. Love steps out. Love crosses the boundary. Love doesn't just stand back and observe, but love does something. And I think about people serving others, and I think, man, that's the heart of God. 
I think of Christiane who attends our church and has been part of Need a Neighbor. Uh, she shared recently on a video, she was up till 2 in the morning cutting out sewing patterns for her sewing team. Many of which don't even attend our church because they were passionate about loving other people in this season and making sure that they had a safe mask to go about doing their job. Man, that, that was serving that was a heart that moved from observation to participation. I think about a friend of mine who walks his neighborhood often, and he doesn't just walk his neighborhood. He prays over each house that he walks by. He, he learns his neighbor's name so that he can pray specifically for them and for their children. This is not just a heart of observation. This is a heart of participation. It's the heart of God. Think of others who serve in this season. Caring for the needs, not just my needs, what I need. No, 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 they're moved with compassion for a heart for others. Delivering boxes of food, delivering notes of encouragement, doing whatever they can. What? To participate. We are invited, we are invited as the church to participate in the mission of God. And that is his heart for us. To move from observation to participation. Not just serving others. Man, listen to this. I, I believe we're called to pursue community. Some of us, man, we, we keep everyone at an arm's distance. And really, you know what that is? It's about, it's about observation. I'm just going to watch everybody. I'm just going to get, I know we're introverts, some of us. I know we don't love people. That's okay. You don't have to love, I mean, you got to love them. You know, you have to like everybody. But, but we're called, we're called to not just be about observation. We're called to participation. And that means actually pursuing Godly relationships and godly community. I think of my friend Pearl. And Pearl, man, she's in a season of life where it would be so easy for it to be about me, 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 me. She's lived a good life and a faithful life. She's retired. She's a widow. Her, her dear husband, love of her life, passed away several years ago. And it would be easy for Pearl to sit around and think about me, 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 and what I need, and, and who's going to care for me, and, and to feel, and, and, and I understand loneliness is a real thing, and I understand that my needs are a real thing, but you know what Pearl does? She pursues community. She is not just a life group leader at our church. She's one of the best life group leaders we have. Do you know in this season where many of us have kind of been paralyzed, she has been on the front lines gathering her group together digitally which is probably not something she would prefer to have to do digitally, but she's doing it. She's on the front lines no matter what. She's open. She's leaning in. She's gathering those around her, and she's learning what it is to be a better leader. Why? Because she's not interested in observation. She's interested in the heart of God moving her to participation. I want to be a part of the community, of the family of God. Finally, Finally, I believe the heart of God for us is seeking justice. Seeking justice. You may say, well, what does that word mean? We hear a lot about that word today. And, and I'm telling you, I, I'm not talking about just any justice. I'm talking about biblical justice. And you may say, well, what is biblical justice? I, I love, there's a lot of places I can go, but I love to go to Isaiah 61 because Jesus quoted Isaiah 61. So that must mean it mattered. It must mean it mattered to him. In Isaiah 61, this is justice. And listen, this is not just observation. It's one thing to observe injustice happening around us and to say, ooh, man, I see it. And that's hard and that's terrible. And I don't. But it's another thing. The heart of God is to move us from observation to participation. That's what being a worshiper is. And, and listen to what the prophet Isaiah says. He says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim these are participatory words right proclaim the good news to the poor 
He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. He has sent me to proclaim freedom. Proclaim freedom, right? That's an active participatory word. To release from darkness for the prisoners. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort, right? That's a participatory word. That's an action word. To comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve. To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. The oil of joy instead of mourning. A garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness. A planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. When I think about the heart of God, when I think about his church, not just observation but participation, I think about oaks of righteousness planted right where you are for the display, not of your splendor, not worried about me, 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 but for his glory and his honor. And when we seek justice this kind of justice we're partnering in the work of god to see redemption happen to see men and women and broken people all around us drawn back to loving relationship with god and we are not called to just sit back and observe that we're called to participate in the heart of god and seeking justice around us my friend ashley she's one of our students and here's the cool thing about Ashley, everything that we've talked about, serving, seeking community, she's doing all that. In this season, you know, high school has been kind of weird for her. She's been serving at Hope Distributed. In this season, a lot of transition, she's been reaching out to others. She's been calling Pastor Olivia, Pastor Olivia, I want to have a Bible study where students can come together and get more and more grounded in the word. I mean, she's not just observing, she's participating, but I've watched Ashley in recent weeks stand for justice, not just observe, not just look at injustice, but I've seen her, I've seen her heart breaking as she stands and says, I want to participate in the redeeming work of God, and I want to do what God would call me to do, to be a part of not just observing, but participating in the work of God. This is the heart of God, to move us from observation to participation. Today, you may say, well, it's just my personality. I don't like to do, you know, I just don't like the spotlight on me. I'm a pretty laid back person. I don't like to, you know, I'm just, I want to be comfortable. I want to be, that's, that's out of my comfort. I hear you today. But I'm just here to tell you the heart of God for his people is to move us today. You might be observation mode, right? You may be watching this service maybe for the first time and maybe you're still trying to understand what a relationship with Jesus is all about. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for having the courage to observe. It, it might begin with observation. There's nothing wrong with that, but eventually the heart of God, the heart of God is to move us, to move us from a place of just observing to a place of participating. Maybe some of you today, you're not new to this at all, but if you were honest with yourself, you're just observing. You're just watching. If you were to be really honest in the second Samuel account, your life looks a lot more like Mikhail than it does David. You're far too worried about who the spotlight on and how you feel. Me, 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 me. And you're far too comfortable and you're, you're not really participating in the mission, in the work, in the call of God that he has for you. Maybe today, your prayer needs to be, Lord, move my heart from just observing to participating, from observation to participation. 
this is real for us in these days. And as the things around us have gotten more complicated, as things around us have gotten harder, I believe the true mark of believers. I believe how the church will be refined in these days. The church that will be relevant in the year 2020 is a church that says, I will pursue the heart of God to move from observation to participation. I will join the world. I'm not going to sit back. I'm not going to sit idly by. I'm not just going to watch things happening around me. No, no, no. I want to be a worshiper, a man, a woman, a teenager, a young person, a senior citizen, whoever, whatever classification you find yourself in. I want to be a person after the heart of God. So, Lord, would you move me today from observation to participation? I believe every single one of us. There's an area of our life today. The Lord wants to help us take a step, move an inch closer, move forward. Stop holding back and say, Lord, you can have it all. You can have it all today. If that's you, would you just be transparent enough? Would you just be honest enough? Right there in the chat, just say, I, I, I need prayer today. It's me. Just say me, that's okay. And that's not for show. What that's saying is, man, community, church, would you join me in praying? I don't want to be stuck just observing. I want to participate. I want to pursue the heart of God to join in his work for such a time as this. And right now, we're going to pray, but we want to pray for you. If that's you, would you just have the courage to say me, your name, whatever it is right now, just, or, or just me. And right now, as we pray, we're going to pray for you. Because we believe that we, the church, are better because of you, because of you taking a step of faith to pursue the heart of God, to participate in his mission, we believe that we are better because of it. And so right now, church, wherever you are, we're going to pray. We're, if that's you and your name's written, we're going to pray for you. But if that's not you today and the Lord's not convicting your heart personally, let's pray. Let's be the church. Let's participate now and lift up the needs of our brothers and sister. God, we pray today that as your church, we would be defined in these days by being a church after your own heart, a church that is moved to participate in your mission. We're moved, not just in corporate time of worship. God, that's so important. I love that. I love being moved to worship in those environments, God, but I want to be moved to worship. I, I want to be a man after God's own heart on Tuesday night and Wednesday afternoon and Thursday morning. In Saturday and on the weekends when I'm home, when I'm out in my neighborhood, when I'm at my place of employment, wherever I am, God, I want to be a man after your own heart right there. So, Lord, would you move my heart to participate in your kingdom, in your mission. We believe there has never been a more important time for this to happen than today. So, God, change our hearts. We want to have hearts after your own heart. So Lord, would you move us today for our brothers and sisters today that had the courage to say me, that had the courage to, to put down their name, that had the courage to say, I need help. I need people to surround me in prayer, that, that I want my faith you know, to increase in these areas. And Lord, as the church now, we gather around them and we pray for them each by name. And we pray, Lord, in these days that they will know they are not in this alone, that you've given us the gift of the church, the gift of community to journey together to pursue the call of God and the heart of God for such a time as this. We love you and we pray in faith 
and believe in faith that you hear us and the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God is now at work in us to help this come to pass according to your desire and your will and your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, church. Amen. I believe, I believe a beautiful thing happened there as we prayed that you didn't pray alone. That brothers and sisters in the faith, maybe you know them, maybe you don't. But today, they were participating. You see what happened there? In the heart of God. And rather than leaning away today, we were leaning in together. And I believe today that many of us took a step of faith. One step closer. God, move my heart. I want the heart of God. Today, be encouraged. Know in these days when you may be tempted to be hopeless, you may, the weight and the burden of what's happening in our world is heavy, but know today we trust in the living God. And this word says, if God is for us, who can be against us? And I'm going to build my life on this word. So today, as we close this time of worship, this time of being together in this word, the time of corporate prayer together. I pray that you know that you are loved. I pray that you know you are not alone. And I pray that you know the God of the universe, the God who sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for your sins and who now invites you to participate in his mission. He loves you and he is for you. You are loved. Thank you again so much for listening today. Email us at info at for any questions about our church. As soon as you're finished listening today, please subscribe to this channel for updates and new episodes.